we're finishing up our series on being all in, and uh, as we do that, we're going to be looking at both of uh, some passages of scripture in the third chapter and also the fourth chapter of Colossians. And so I'd invite you to open your Bibles to that area. We're going to be looking at a specific uh, a few verses, but then I'm going to be referring to some others as well. I think it's around 1185 or 86. Is that right? Am I close? 1184. Wow. There you go. Okay. Um, so, and once I, we'll also go to uh, chapter 4 as well. But right now we're going to be looking at Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And Paul writes, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the, the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. May God speak to us through your holy word. And may this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. We've talked about being all in in our, in our church, say all in on the back. Well, what are we talking about? Well, being all in means doing this thing called life all in the name of Jesus. So as Christ followers, we do this thing called life all in the name of Jesus. Now, this is a side note. This is, this is just something to, to put on the shelf because next time it happens. Now, if, if you're like me, you, you may have uh, something that has annoyed you through life. It may be a habit, uh, you know, just a, a bad habit you want to break, or it may be a sin, or it may be a, a vice of some kind uh, that you, you want to you get rid of, but you can't seem to get rid of it. Well, if you are doing this thing called life all in the name of Jesus, try this. Suppose you are tempted to do that vice or bad habit or sin, whatever it is in your life. Pray and say, Lord, bless what I'm about to do. And uh, let me give you an example. You try to quit smoking. You're, you're tempted to smoke. You pull out a cigarette and you say, Lord, bless my smoking of this cigarette. You see what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. And that'll help you if you're going to be all in for Jesus. Well, you can just put that on the shelf and, and uh, uh, see how that works for you. Um, but secondly, uh, this being all in for, for Jesus is important. I used to have a T-shirt. I, I think I last time I was down in Mexico, I left it down there for someone else to wear. But I love what it had to say. On the back of it, it said, live your life. In such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. Don't you love that? Live your life in such a way that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. There were these, there were these two brothers in this county. 
And they, they were notoriously bad dudes. They just, you, you name it, they were involved in it. Everybody, they had a reputation. Wow, and nobody liked them. They were, they were ornery. They, they uh, uh, just did bad things. And, and everybody had been impacted in a negative way by them throughout their lives. And then later in their lives, one of the brothers died. And so the pastor in the county, he was, he uh, uh, went to, uh, met with the other brother to, to make funeral arrangements for his brother. And the brother that was still living was kind of emotional and said, oh, I, I know he didn't live a great life. I haven't lived a great life. But, but pastor, if you, I will give you a thousand dollars, pastor, if you can just stay at his funeral that my brother was a saint. So the, pra- the pastor thought about that overnight. When the funeral came, he got up and said, you know this man that lays before us in this chapter? You know the kind of life he led? You know how honorary he was to each and every one of you and, and how, how miserable of a life he, he led and how mean he was and how honorary he was. But next to his brother sitting over there, this man was a saint. (laughs) Uh, Now, doing this thing called life all in for Jesus, in the name of Jesus, all in in the name of Jesus. How do we do that? Well, I want to give five action steps that I've seen through this chapter in in Colossians 3 and also uh, Colossians 4. And there's five things we're going to talk about. Commit like you mean it. Change like you mean it. Work like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. And speak like you mean it. Commit, sing, work, pray, speak like you mean it. Let's look at, let's look at them. Number one, commit like you mean it. If you look at verse 15, you'll see it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Now, I want to point out something there. You notice what it says? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. This is a choice you make. Note that this is something you can do or not do. It just doesn't happen. You just don't have the the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You have to allow it to happen. You let Christ rule in your life. Now, there's something that happens when you let Christ rule in your life. There's the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding, that guards your heart, that Scripture tells us. Now, Tones are down because the, the, the waterman has said, all right, the next day the tones are back up because we're going to repave the whole road. I mean, it's just that kind of mess. Look out there. We had this, we had this mud pit out there, giant mud pit. This afternoon we're going to play mud volleyball out there. Uh, and, and, you know, we got all the construction going on. We 
stuff that the, the building program, and I, you know, we're we're reaching out to, to carbon cliff, and we're reaching out to Silvis, and we're doing everything we can for for the Lord, and and uh, celebrate. It's it's chaos, folks. It's chaos, but it's thriving on chaos. God has allowed us to thrive on chaos. I love the Celtic culture. You know, it's good. It's exciting to see cloisters thrive on chaos, and. And, and, you know, brothers and sisters, that answer has folks to do with. There's life that comes chaotic. I mean, there are plans that just get disordered. Some of you need to go, I know what you're talking about. Life is not easy. And it can be chaotic. But there is this thing that is promised to us when we let Christ rule in our hearts. And it is the peace which surpasses all when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, it doesn't matter what's happening in our lives. The winds can be blowing, the waves can be can, can be uh, uh, calm, and the storms of life can really be uh, doing their work. But when the peace of Christ is in us, and we can stand firm, I want to stand firm in the presence and the presence of God. So the first thing is to is to commit life to Jesus. Commit your life to Jesus. And do it in, the, in all that you do in the name of the Lord. A second, second may surprise you, but sing like you mean it. Sing like you mean it. Some of you are going, oh man, you don't want me to do that. You don't know how I sing. Yeah, I do. Because I heard you. This comes from from uh, the verse that uh, <coughs> in 16 it says, "Let the message of Christ dwell in my heart." And this is the key: stand admonish one another with all wisdom, uh, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now. I love, I love what it says. It's just like, you know, you can learn by singing. You can build each other up by singing. You can preach with, with your songs, with your singing. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, some of you uh, may know uh, uh, Dr. Joe Geiger, and he was a capital D Christian doctor. And if you ever saw him in worship, he tend to stop and kind of say, service, you don't know what this is, but this is called a hymn book. It's one of my old favorites. And if you look uh, underneath the keys, you'll find one. I like to pull it out every once in a while. And uh, this, uh, this hymnal, if you, if you uh, open up to where it says United Methodist Hymnal and then preface, and after preface, it says, the restrooms for singing. We have the restrooms for singing given to us by John Wesley back in 1761. Folks, this is what we are supposed to do. We sing like we mean it. Okay, what, is, what are the directions? Look at number one. Learn these tunes before you learn any others. Afterwards, learn as many as you please. So 
Secondly, seeing them exactly as they are printed here, without altering or mending them at all. And if you have learned to sing them otherwise, unlearn it as soon as you can. Okay, I think I think John put that in there talking to his brother Charles because if you look, you'll see that John and Charles wrote a lot of these songs. They probably got ticked off people singing them in ways that they didn't want them sung. Josie, you ever had that problem? When I sing one of your songs, don't you want to pull your hair out? And John, in, you know, okay. All right, how about three? How about three? Sing all. See that you join with the congregation as frequently as you can. Let not a slight degree of weakness or, or weariness hinder you. If it is a cross to you, take it up, and you will find it a benefit. You know what he's saying there? You don't want to go to church if you're feeling like you don't want to go. Suck it up. Go to church. Sing the songs. And then four. He says, sing lustily and with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. Don't do that, but lift up your voice with strength, with strength, mind you. Be no more afraid of your voice now, nor more ashamed of it, of its being heard than when you sung the songs of Satan. Whoa. Whoa. When you sing those other songs, that was cute. Now, I think at this point, John thought about that probably thought about how some people came in. So he, he put in number five. Sing modestly. Do not bow so that so as to be heard above or distinct from the rest of the congregation that you may not destroy the harmony. But strive to unite your voices together so as to make one clear and Whatever time is sung, be sure to keep with it. Jay. Don't you love it when people keep time? Yeah. That's a good thing. Do not run before nor stay behind it, but attend close to the leading voices. Move therewith as exactly as you can. And take not to seem too low. This drawing way naturally steals on all who are lazy. Oh, you sing too slow, you're just cutting right into somebody who's lazy. And it is high time to drive it out from us and sing all our tunes as quick as we get Now, we went through all that just to get to the last one. 
folks up here, they're, they're not performing or helping to lead you in worship or the teaching that you receive from us. They aim at pleasing him more than yourself or any other in order to do this that your heart is not carried away with shame about what you just accomplished. You know he's saying? He's saying, you tell me you can't change it. I don't have to change it. I don't have to change it. Or accept that which is created wicked. That's one way to come out of this is when we say, I have to do So shall your singing be such as the Lord will approve and reward you when he comes and calls you. Singing, that's, that's one of the important things. It has to be all in. You're able to express gratitude. Let the message of Christ dwell among your words. And I also like this. He says, through Psalms, Psalms, the book of Psalms are one of those songs where they put the they put the music or whatever is popular song called verse verse eleven lyrics or whatever are in from Psalm one thirty six. And if you look at Psalm one thirty six there's a line and then people are supposed to respond by saying here's eleven lyrics or whatever. All the way through that psalm, okay? And the song is like that. So you, you have psalms that are sung. You have hymns, you know, all, all these are, are hymns. Uh, and then you have what's here called songs from the Spirit. And the uh, many of the songs that Josie and Dennis lead us in, I see as songs from the Spirit. Folks, that's biblical. Our contemporary music, They are to be sung in scripture. They are to, but the thing is, is you sing, if we're singing to God with gratitude in our heart, all of these, all of these need to be lifted up to God. Remember the focus is to sing to God. Now, sing like you mean it, doing it all in the name of the Lord. Number three is to work like you mean it. Some of you got jobs and you go, hey, expect me to be all in when it comes to my job? I don't even like my job. I don't even like the people I work with. You don't know my boss. He or she is a real jerk. Are you kidding me? You're doing that? Listen to these words. This actually comes from verse 23, and you can look at it. It says, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As 
working for the Lord, not for human masters. I don't care what you do. with a few boys and a girl, and, and there was this, this guy, you know, it, that's the report of it, you curb your, your truck, and if you see a, a, ra- if you see a, a rape victim and a criminal at all, you let them, um, but there's this one guy, and he would sit, whenever we'd have drinks that were low, he would sit, whatever we needed, we'd clean the place, he was just, he was working incredibly fast and efficient, and I said, get in that thing, because let's do it. Finally, I say to him, I said, you're going to give an answer to, and I looked at him and said, you are doing an incredible job serving me. And he looked back at me. He didn't know who I was. And he said, yeah, he said, and he looked at me, he smiled, and he said, thy love of Christ saved me. really good kid. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. He was, he was taking this and he was applying it to his life. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it uh, as, I'm going I'm to, whatever I do, I'm going to do it as for the Lord, working for the Lord and not for human masters. So work like you're doing it in the name Four, pray like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. Now, if you look at at Colossians 4, 4, uh, uh, 2 through 6, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a a door for for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of faith for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, of course. You know, this is one of the prison letters. Paul is in prison. And he is uh, still proclaiming Christ. He's trying to articulate that. He wants people to pray for him to be able to share the message. To who? Well, probably to the person he's chained to. You know, the guard that's chained to him, the captive audience. He's, he's, he's saying pray. But he's saying devote yourselves to prayer. In other words, understand that God is with you every second of the day. And if he's with you every second of the day, why don't you acknowledge that by simply being willing to pray for him? Devote yourself to prayer. And uh, uh, maybe enough said there. Just pray like, like, uh, uh, like you're doing it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just do that. Devote yourself totally to prayer. Number five, the last one here. Speak like you mean it. In verse five of chapter four of Colossians, it says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, 
season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul starts to pray for the open doors. I remember when I started doing that. I've shared part of the story, but not not the part I'm going to share with you. What happened when I was a young pastor, I wanted to witness churches, had more opportunities to share my faith with people, so I took Paul at his word, and I began to pray for the open doors. They could factor my hand out. I started to pray that within the next day. I get a phone call. It's from a high school girl by the name of Emma. And she said, uh, Pastor Roger, I'd like to come in and bring a friend of mine in to see you because we want to know what, how to accept Christ into our lives so we can know him. And I, had, I literally almost dropped the phone. I just thought, are you kidding me? That this actually happened? I mean, I don't think I've ever had a phone call since that happened. It just doesn't happen. People don't call a pastor and say, Pastor, tell me how to accept Jesus in your life, to my life. It, it usually doesn't happen that way. And so I set up a time, and they came in. And um, Emily was uh, already a, uh, had grown up a committed Christian, and, and uh, she wanted her friend to have the same thing she had. And she'd obviously been talking to her, but uh, felt like she, she needed a, a hired gun to help out or something. I don't know. They, so they came into my office, and I, I said, now, 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 why are you here? I wanted to be sure that I heard this correctly. Well, we... I just, I just want you to tell my, tell my friend um, what, um, what you need to do to accept Christ into your life. And um, uh, I'll call her Amy. Uh, and Amy, uh, Amy was very earnestly listening. And so I shared with her about Jesus. I shared with uh, her about what he did on the cross for us, how all of us are sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and how he came to the world, God in human form, to live a perfect life, to become the perfect sacrifice, to die on the cross for my sins and your sins, and to prepare a place for us in heaven. And so that when you die, you can go to heaven when you die because of what he did for you. And you do that by accepting him as your Savior and Lord, as your forgiver and leader. And when I when I told her that, um, she, uh, she was... was still kind of wondering about it, and, and I said, and, and in the meantime, you can, you can live for Jesus right now. And she, uh, she asked me a very good question. So how do I live for Jesus now? How do I do that? I become high school. I haven't become a pastor yet. What, uh, what, what, how do I live for Jesus now? And, and I, I remember looking at her and Finally, what came, what, what came out is, well, what do you like to do? And she thought about it for a minute. She says, I like volleyball. And Emily said, oh, yeah, she's one of the best volleyball players on our high school team. She's going to start talking about how good she is. And I, and I said, well, Amy, accepting Christ into your life means that, uh, means that you're going you're gonna to do everything for him. Can you play volleyball now? I remember she stopped for a minute and she said, no. I can play volleyball. I can play volleyball. And then I went on to explain, you know, it, it, God created you with, with certain skills and, and, and you have a temperament and you have talent. 
all of this is also going to be enhanced by the spiritual gifts that God gives to every everyone who comes to follow Jesus Christ. And because of that, you have all of these things that make you a unique child of God. And if you, as a unique child of God, you take your life and what he is has, has made you give, you can do as you were dreamed by God to glorify God. You can glorify God and praise him through your life. you to think now of what you like to do. I want you to think of that. Your talent. Your gift. If you know the ninth difference of your spiritual gift. I don't really want you to get out there and put these in there. I don't want to read this passage of scripture to you again. To sit them down with you for today, because each one will be necessary. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, do it all in the giving thanks to God the Father through Him. How can we do all of this with Jesus? How can we we have it all in His name? Commit what you know. Sing like you know. Work like you know. Pray like you know. And speak like you know. Mr. Wesley has told us how to do it. Dennis is going to lead us in it. But we will begin to sing like we mean it on this next song. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for how you work in our lives, how you made it possible to be all in to do all in the name of Jesus in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for giving us uh, a commitment to how to spend the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing like we mean it. But we are going to change it a little bit from the hymnal. (laughs) (laughs) Should I sing it the right way first? (laughs) 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 I mean, I can. Straight. 
John Wesley said you're all fired. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> grace, how sweet Actually, the sound that Forgiven, I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what I was going to say is one of the things that John and Charles Wesley did is they took bar songs, the melody, and put those words to it. And you just, you had, you gave us a great example of that. And, uh, you know, there were, there were times that, some ruffians would would crash into a, a worship service and they would try to try to mess up the worship service by singing the bar, bar song and all of the all the people they, they they went to the words that they had and they started singing the same melody to the different words and people were converted and they started singing those words isn't that cool and you guys you guys just did it good for you yeah now go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he has saved you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Amen.